everyone. Welcome to the Wharton FinTech Podcast. I'm your host, Gabriela Ariana Camboete, but you can call me Gabby. Our guest today is Christina Keatchaney, Head of Sales and Relationship Management of Mochafi, a challenger FinTech. The idea of Mochafi started in 2014, as the city of Ferguson erupted in protests following the police shooting death of an unarmed Black teenager. Meanwhile, in New York, an Oxford-educated African-American Wall Street executive sat in his office and considered ways to address social inequities by closing the racial wealth gap. Today, that executive and the company's founder, Lole Coxum, is leading Mocafi to serve 50 million unbanked and underbanked. In this episode, you'll learn about the products Mocafi launched to allow users to open a bank account, build a credit history, and even earn cash back on local black and brown businesses. You will also hear all about how Mocafi works with local governments to distribute benefits, the culture of Mocafi, and all about Christina's 20-year career in financial services and what motivated her to join Mocafi's mission. I'm thrilled about the episode you'll get to hear today because having grown up in the type of community that Mocafi serves, I know the impact that these products can have. Now, let's get started. Hi, Christina. How are you doing today? Thanks so much for coming on the show. Hi, Gabby. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm excited. And it's a great Friday. Lots of sunshine here in the, in the D.C. area. Amazing. We always love vitamin D on a warm day. I really, I'm really excited to hear more about Mocafi. And I was curious if you could just get us started with talking about the problem that you guys are trying to solve. Absolutely. So Mocafi stands for Mobility Capital Finance. It's the two letters, the first two letters and the three uh, words in the name. And so Mocafi is trying to close the racial wealth gap in this country. And we're doing that by because we are BIPOC, Black-founded financial technology firm, which is what FinTech stands for. And so we are doing that by closing the racial wealth gap, by providing, providing financial services as an architecture to BIPOC people. So we want to bank the unbanked and underbanked population in neighborhoods and low to moderate income neighborhoods. And so I myself am from the South Bronx originally. That's where I was born. I lived the first 10 years of my life. And then we moved to mid uh, central New Jersey. And so I was raised by a single mom. So I really know what that's like. And most of these neighborhoods have banking deserts. They don't have access to quality financial services. They're using the cash society and they're using payday lenders and check cashers that charge them usurious rates. And so Mocafi is trying to solve that problem and um, do it with wraparound services. So happy to get into that today and kind of share our story and kind of what we're doing and who we're partnering with. Yeah, it sounds like a fantastic mission. And I know that you've been there for about a year now. As a newcomer, how would you describe its culture? So what I like about the fintech culture, um, specifically at this fintech culture, is that we really have an attitude of getting things done. And so um, there's a lot of nimbleness, a lot of flexibility, and how we pivot sometimes and really can customize and solutions for um, our partners. So whether it's a corporate partner or, or a state and local public sector partner, the public-private partnership aspect of the job and how we can be nimble. I come from a 
very large corporate banking background. And, you know, it takes six months and 30 to 40 people to make a decision to move the ball forward. Here at Mochify, I'm one of the decision makers. I'm part of the executive leadership. You know, I come to, and there's seven of us. And so I have a discussion with the leaders and, you know, we're like, yep, that makes sense. Let's do it. And then the next week we're working on it. And so that's what I love about it. And like you've mentioned, I've been here for about a year. I previously worked at JP Morgan with our CEO and founder, was lucky enough to work in two of his business lines. He was one of the most senior people at JP Morgan. And so that's kind of how, what brought me to, to Mochify. That's fantastic. And now let's let, let's start talking about the product, right? You have a, such a wonderful mission. Can you introduce us to the, your current product line and you know what are they and what is it that you're able to offer your customers via these products? Absolutely. So, you know, we want to, you know, really provide wraparound services with the underbanked and unbanked community, as I mentioned earlier. And how we do that is that we're able to provide financial services. So we've got several products available to our um, our participants and our end users. And one of them is a mobile checking account. So it is a demand deposit account. It's FDIC insured, OCC insured. So all the proverbial letters in the regulatory alphabet are behind our, our, our bank account. We partner with Sunrise Banks to make that possible. And so Mochify owns the product, owns the data, owns the app and all of that. But the regulatory and governing body behind us that powers Mochify is Sunrise Banks. They're a Corp B bank based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. um, And they are passionate about the mission of banking the unbanked as well. And so with that, we're able to provide a disbursement product that we call our immediate response card. So that's a disbursement card. And also it's a MasterCard branded debit card, just like the mobile bank account. And then we also have a rent reporting solution that's done through our online bill pay, as well as a blueprint, which is the blueprint is a product that's new to Mogify and we're launching it in the next week or so. And with that product is it's almost like gathering all of your personal financial data in one place in that blueprint. And it helps you gather your data and get ready to talk to a financial counselor or talk to a mortgage company in preparation for getting a home loan or some type of access to capital. And so, as I mentioned, you know, we want to close the wealth gap and how you do that is first you get people banked and then you help them with budgeting and you provide, you know, education in the tool, in the app and help them with these wraparound services. So you should get banked. Here's why you should be banked. Here's how you should budget. Here's why you should report your rental payments to the credit bureaus, because when you report your rental payments to the credit bureaus, it allows you to increase your credit score by 20 to 30 points over you know, eight months or longer. And so a lot of the communities that we're targeting and that we're focusing on are rental communities. These people rent, but just because you're a renter doesn't mean that you should have bad credit or that your credit score is less than, you know, 685 or less than 700. It just means that you've been had barriers to entry into the financial ecosystem because you don't own a home and you're not reporting a mortgage. So now that they've opened up the barrier to be able to report your rental payments to the credit bureaus, it's working on your behalf. And so you now can get banked, report your rental payments, grow your credit score, and then qualify for a lending product, you know, with the help of partners from Mochify or anybody that's outside of Mochify as well. Again, you're putting this credit package together because you're on this user experience journey to build your credit, spend smart, 
and become a part of the financial ecosystem that you weren't able to do in the past. And one other quick thing about our, our, our products I'll mention is that, you know, we really removed all of the tools for the barriers to entry. So it's a low cost quality solution. There's no fees to the end user. There's no minimum balance requirements. There's no ATM fees. There's no non-usage fees. The only fee that a person would incur with the product is $1.98 if you use it outside of the ATM network. And our ATM network is all points as well as Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo has made their ATMs free to all of the Mocafi users and all points. And all points are typically in CVSs, Rite Aids, Walmarts. And so those are in most of these neighborhoods, Family Dollar. So you can find an all point ATM in those places and they're free of charge with your Mocafi card. And oh, by the way, we've added so that you can take your Mocafi card, put it in the card solution at the register and add cash onto the card as well. So if someone gives you cash and you want to put cash in the account, you put your card in the reader, you give the cash to the cashier and it appears on your card right away. So we, you know, the fact that these bank branches are gone from these neighborhoods and they're banking deserts, we've now made a bank branch in your pocket with our plastic. And so... We're really proud of that. And we have helped a number of people get access to financial services, get access to financial tools and education in the app. And so very, very proud of that and some of our partnerships as well, which I think we'll talk about a little bit further. Yeah, you've hit so many different aspects of the financial wealth and financial education, right? First, actually being banked, it's first step building that foundation and then also building credit, right? You bring up such great points with talking about the banking desert. And I now bank with Charles Schwab because it's so easy to, you have no ATM fees, regardless of what ATM you go to. But Mm -hmm. in the end of the day, when you have no financial institution, no brick and mortar Chase or Wells Fargo to go to, um, you run out of options. And that's where partnerships like the ones that you've been able to establish, like can help a, a community like this. And I thought it was also one really great point that you brought up with the catch-22 that credit is, right? It's like, if you don't have credit, it's difficult to get it. In order to get it, you have to have credit. But clearly now that there's been changes in the way that you could build your score with rental payments, it sounds like an excellent partnership that you guys are providing for your clients. And to mention partnerships, I, I wanted to talk a bit about mobility score and you know, your market, rock and mortgage partnership and represent brand. Do you mind expanding a bit more on like those initiatives? And, you know, you guys are, again, foundation building up potential lines of credit for folks. You're also having such a great impact and giving back to the community. So I'd love for you to be able to highlight these, explain to our listeners what's also happening with those initiatives. Yeah, so the mobility score looks at, you know, unlike FICO that looks at credit history and historical activities, the mobility score looks more like a trends and looks at go forward trends. And so it's, we felt like it's, and it doesn't really do negative rent reporting and neither do we, we don't do negative reporting. We only report that the rent was paid and that it went this month. So if you didn't pay your rent that month or you paid it late, we don't, we're not reporting that. We only do positive reporting. So I should say that caveat as well. And so, you know, the mobility score is really a trend item. It's not really looking at your FICA and looking at a credit history. So we thought that that was a favorable item to share in our app. You know, also, we thought that the partnering with small businesses, and so we have a small business product that's launching um, within the next four or five months, and that product will help people get access to capital, will give them tools around building a P&L statement and an income statement, 
Um, and so again, putting those wraparound services on the UX journey. So our journey is get a bank account. And then once you get a bank account, opt into online bill pay, begin reporting your rent as you build your credit score. And we prepare you with building a credit score, put your data in a personal personal financial statement and the blueprint. And in the blueprint, you're ready to now talk to lenders, whether it be a small business lender for a small business micro loan, whether it be a home mortgage lender or an auto lender. Um, and then we partnered with Rock, Rocket Mortgage and Rocket Mortgage also believes in the mission. They're excited about Mochafy. They're excited about the opportunity to you know, partner with users within the platform to say, listen, you went to Rocket Mortgage, you were denied a mortgage, perhaps you should now move over to Mochafy, open up an account with Mochafy, begin to build your credit, and then come back to us in you know, eight, nine, 12 months when your credit has been built and you can then apply for a mortgage at that time. And Mochafy will help you, you know, prepare a credit file, if you will, and then refer you back to a rocket mortgage. And so it's kind of a, you know, you were declined over here, you come to Mochafy, you begin to use the tools within the app, which is open up an account, build your credit, get the credit counseling, begin to put the credit counseling into a centralized place. So it's a personal financial statement. It's I've been paying my bills on time. It's, a, you know, maybe my pay stub. It's maybe a letter from my landlord saying that I've paid my, my rent on time. And so all of that can be packaged and housed in one place stored in our app. We call that the blueprint. And then the blueprint is now a package that can be sent to a financial counselor to help with the underwriting process to then potentially get a mortgage from like a rocket mortgage. So we're excited about that. We're excited about the partnership with Rocket. Like I said, Rocket, you know, is excited about our mission and they, you know, have embedded us on their website as well to refer people to Mocafi to get banked if you are in a declination. So if you've been declined a mortgage or a loan with them, they can then refer you to Mocafi. And that was launched probably September of 2021. And so we were excited about that launch. We had a press release. Well, Rocket had a press release. And so, you know, Rocket Mortgage is really, really an exciting partner. So in addition to Rocket Mortgage, we have another um, product called Represents. And Represents is Shop Smart, Shop Local. And so what we do is we're able to give you a cashback incentives for spending within with local merchants in your neighborhood. So I'm from the South Bronx. If I'm buying from the donut shop in the South Bronx or the, or the uh, coffee shop in the South Bronx or the deli on the corner in the neighborhood, and I'm shopping there and I use my Mochafy card, the, the, you know, that small business has then said, yep, we want to partner with Mochafy to offer this cash back discounted for, you know, shopping in our neighborhood. And so we said that this is a great way to, you know, partner with local merchants in our neighborhoods and community. And so community and community-based organizations and working with local retailers in the community is important to our mission. And that's really a large part of our go-to-market strategy. We believe that, you know, trust is important and how you build trust is with people who live in your neighborhood that look like you, that you know, that you grew up around. And they say, oh, who's this brand? Who's this Mochafy? Who are they? Oh, they're a person, they're a, a BIPOC founded, you know, FinTech that is looking to provide financial services to the neighborhood. You know what I mean? And so, you know, the relationship is there. You're hearing it from someone you trust. You're saying, why should you get this bank account? They're saying you should get this bank account because it gives you discounts in your neighborhood as well as it's free and it doesn't charge cost you any money. And so I think there's an opportunity to share that message with local merchants and the local merchants, you know, as we've seen in neighborhoods like Watts in Los Angeles, um, we've done that there. Um, we're in Detroit, Miami, San Francisco, Chicago, and we've launched these programs with, you know, merchants in the neighborhood, um, not just merchants, but community-based organizations in the neighborhood as well. And that's been very helpful. 
Oh, fantastic. And it's crazy because it's like, as I was reading about your company, I felt like it didn't stop there, right? <laughs> it, there's just so many other things that you guys are doing. And of course, I'll, I think we're going to talk a bit more about your, your customer feedback later on. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to hear about the educational portions of it, right? Because one thing that I find very unique around Mochafy is the ability to support their customers, not just with these products and either gaining financial literacy or you know more income stability or building a foundation to wealth, really, and enabling that foundation. But you also have financial literacy courses and the immediate response cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you please tell us the stories about like how those came about and how, you know, what cities you're currently working with with those initiatives? So absolutely. So the immediate response card, which is known as our disbursement product, is also a MasterCard branded debit card as well. So it started out as a prepaid card back in 2016 when we were first founded. And so and then in 2019, we uh, evolved that product into you know a fully functional debit card with a disbursement product. And so what's nice about that product is that product is a way to work with cities across the country in dispersing federal funds or state and local funds. And so in 2020, it was, you know, dispersing CARES Act dollars. In 2021, it was ARPA dollars, which is our American Rescue Plan um, dollars. Um, and in 2022, it continues to be ARPA dollars. And so the ARPA dollars, you know, a city like take Los Angeles. So Los Angeles was awarded $100 million to disperse to people, to families in most need. So it's direct cash assistance of $1,000 to 3,200 3, people over um, a two-year period. And so we partnered with the city of Los Angeles. They put it out to RFP. We were lucky enough to win the bid, the RFP bid, to become their dispersing partner and to to make sure that city benefits and city funds were dispersed in a way that's inclusive and that was equitable to people, the families in most need. And so we've done that with our immediate response card, and we've done that in Los Angeles. And we also do that with a product that's called Bespoke. It's Bespoke. Bespoke means it's a co-branded product. So a lot of cities want you to know that the funds are coming from the municipality or the administration. So in Los Angeles, it's the Angelino Connect card. We're also doing it in Birmingham. We're doing it in New Orleans. In New Orleans, it's the Crescent City card. Um, We're doing it in St. Louis. In St. Louis, it will be the St. Louis card. It's not that card today. So we've done a disbursement of just recently of 10,000 people for um, emergency rental assistance. So the ERAP funds, um, it was $5 million to 10,000 people, direct cash assistance again, and they're dispersing that through our platform. And so, you know, it really works when an administration, a mayor says, I have these funds and I would like to get these funds to my residents within my city efficiently, safely, and quickly. And so what our platform does is allow you to get the funds out very quickly, either a digital asset or a physical piece of plastic. It allows you to either send them, um, give them out in hand, in person, or you can send them directly to a person's home. If we're, the cohort is a homeless shelter, we can ship the cards to the homeless shelter and they can be given to the homeless. And so we have many, many use cases of how we can get these funds out. And then, oh, by the way, the data is important. So what we've learned in the last two years is that we're giving you this assistance 
And is the assistance helping? And one of the ways we know that it's helping is that there are personal user testimonies. And so LA has had a lot of that. There was a news conference where the lady said, you know, this thousand dollars direct cash assistance, you know, saved my life and it helped me. And those are wonderful and we're very appreciative. But also with the data and the reporting that's at an anonymized level, so it's, you know, anonymous, so you don't know specifically like the person, but you know who this particular cohort of residents that receive these. So these 3,200 or 5,000 people that got these direct cash assistance, where they're spending the money. And so that those reports are given back to the cities on a monthly basis. And that data is very powerful because you can then say, okay, I see that we were able to help in this regard. There's an opportunity to potentially help with transit. There's an opportunity to help over here with food, groceries. You know, there's an opportunity to help with educational supplies. And so when you see how the dollars are being spent, and you get this reporting, the data becomes very, very powerful to the municipality or the state and local public sector agency and that able to help their residents even more intentional with how they're, you know, deciding where to disperse the funds and who should get them and how often they should get them. And so it's just been very, very powerful and very helpful. And then some of the agencies that we've worked with on an educational perspective is the YWCA and the YMCA, very important educational ed- agencies in Chicago. In other regional areas, we've worked with the Urban League and the United Way. So in St. Louis and in Atlanta, we're working with the United Way. In northern New Jersey, we're working with the Urban League. In Ohio, Columbus and Dayton, Ohio, we're working with the Urban League. And so these national organizations have educational um, programs built in. And when they partner with the MOCAFI, we are able to push their educational programs through our platform, as well as some of the MOCAFI branded videos and webinars that we've recorded ourselves. So we have a director of education. Her name is Manielle O'Keefe. So she's on staff with MOCAFI and she records our webinars and our educational videos that we do with in-house, but we like to mix it up. So we do some in-house educational programs about, you know, building wealth and spending smart and savings and, you know, checking and things like that. But we also partner with those community-based organizations because a lot of times they have like a fully baked program that they've been doing for 30, 40 years, and we're able to leverage their assets as well through our platform, through a partnership. So if we're doing a cohort with United Way, and United Way is the person that's the funder that's actually sending the funds to MOCAFI to participants in their program, it's their education that we would leverage for that particular program or cohort. That's fantastic. And it's really interesting what you've mentioned with the use of the data as you're when you have these bespoke programs, right? I, I think one thing that you've hit on is as a fintech, you have more of this infrastructure to be able to leverage the insights, right? And perhaps sometimes with like these government programs, we all know that there's legacy software that exists with most of them, or they may not necessarily have the, the same capacity when it comes to hiring the talent that it would take to be able to achieve those same types of insights themselves. So that's really admirable. I'd love to pivot the conversation more to your customers. How many folks are you currently serving and you know where exactly are they? Because through the past 20 minutes or so, we've been mentioning a lot of cities. Absolutely. So we um, have just under 70,000 users on the platform today. And so we're excited about that, really proud of that. So just about 70,000 users on the platform. And then the users, where they are located. And so today we're in 15 cities across the United States. So we are in 15 cities. I've named a number of them. And looking to grow to 
probably 20, 22 cities by the end of the year. And so excited about that. The growth is has been phenomenal. Um, the team is growing. I'm hiring. I have a few open positions. So excited about that. And then also one other thing I wanted to talk about, you know, during the user experience journey. So part of the UX is that, you know, we look at ourselves as banking the bottom third of the pyramid. And so we don't feel like we're in competition with the Bank of Americas and the Chases and the Citibanks of the world. Because we're banking the bottom third of the pyramid, there's an opportunity to have a graduated model and a graduated partnership. So these clients that we're looking to bank typically are not a fit for the Bank of Americas because of the fees you know, that they're able to charge because this isn't a fee revenue driven. And so the sustainable model is you know, start with the Mocafi, build your credit, get a bank account, build your credit, you know, spend smart, and then you can graduate to a Bank of America or a Citibank. So we don't look like we're trying to take business from the big banks. We're not here to try to be a disruptor in that way. We're trying to be a disruptor in the way that we're removing the barriers to getting into the financial ecosystem. What do I mean about that? So we're able to bank undocumented people. We're able to bank returning citizens, the formerly incarcerated. And how we're able to do that is that we don't check the check system. So we're not looking to look at the check systems. We're not looking at a prior credit history. We're looking to verify identity. So we're looking to verify you are who you say you are. So Gabby is who she says she is. Christina is who she says she is. And once we can confirm your identity, identity within three to five minutes, you can open up an account right away with us on our app. And so that is a removal of a barrier for access to entry that has been, you know, really a sticking point. And then another way that we've opened up the aperture is that we're able to open up a bank account for people who have foreign identity. So it says that you must, the law says you must be, a, you must have a governmental ID. It doesn't say it has to be a U.S. governmental ID. It says a governmental ID. So we can take a foreign passport, a foreign driver's license. So we can take a foreign official ID to open up an account within Mocafi. So again, removing another barrier to stopping people from getting bank accounts. So we're not checking a check system. We're taking an uh, open aperture of IDs, international and domestic IDs, even though it's a domestic account. And today we're a domestic only app. You know, in the future, we'll be looking at cross-border payments in the future. But today, we're domestic only. And I think that we've got a lot of problems to solve here domestically. And so with our 70,000 users that we've given bank accounts or IRC cards to, we're able to grow that in the U.S. And then once we've finished, you know, got to all 50 states in the U.S., let's look at going internationally as well. But we've got a lot of people that are being left out of the financial ecosystem. You know, today, a, a person of color is going to spend on average $44,000 in fees, banking fees. And so we're trying to get away from that. We're trying to get people banked, get them in a quality product give them the wraparound financial literacy or education and partnership services so that they can build their credit over time and work with partners that really want to get them to become a part of the financial ecosystem and be a part of the financial inclusion, making cities more equitable and more financially inclusive. That's the mission of Mobify. And so, and that's how we look to do it. Yeah, well, I, I'm certainly looking forward to the day where you guys are in all 50 states. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And what are some customer success stories that you can share? Um, any that stand out in particular? Absolutely. So I will quote Mayor Woodfin. He just posted something on LinkedIn in the last three weeks. And so Mayor Woodfin received um, about $10 million in emergency rental assistance funds from the Biden administration and dispersed all of his funds to his residents of um, Birmingham, Alabama. And he did that with a partnership with Mocafi. So how we did it in Birmingham, which is super exciting, is that Mayor Woodfin wanted to pay the landlords directly. So what he did is that the 
using our app is he used he would we would issue the funds to Mocafi and we would send the payments directly to the landlord on behalf of the resident. And the residents could log in, log into the app and see the payment going to the landlord. So they saw that their payment was being paid for them on time and that they could see that the payment was being, you know, opted into building their credit as well. And we launched this in um, July of last year. And so we've been doing it since July of last year to now. And so we were able to help uh, a number of residents in Birmingham and they dispersed all the funds that were proud of that. And again, the interviews that they did of the people that are in the program, you know, this was life-changing. The fact that, you know, they were on rental moratoriums and they were able to pay their back rent, get caught up, begin to pay their rent on time because of the funds that they got from the Mayor Woodfin's administration and be paid on their behalf. And they could see it happening in the app. And it was just, you know, such you know, an accomplishment on their behalf and the residents there in Birmingham, Alabama, you know, said it was really, really life-changing. And so, you know, Mayor Woodfin and his team are looking to do this again. They're looking to get another tranche of funding. And with their next tranche of funding, they'll be doing the same thing again. And so excited about that. And then they also were looking to try to branch out. And just in addition to emergency rental assistance, they're looking to do something with young, with the youth. There's a youth summer youth program. And so our, our product works well with that. Sometimes there's a focus on maybe doing something with, um, you know, a men's cohort um, and making sure that, you know, there's an opportunity for black males to be able to get direct cash assistance, make sure they're getting off the streets and that they're doing things to build wealth and, and financial education. And so there's a focus of that in the Southeast as well. In Los Angeles, we have done guaranteed basic income. We've done that. And we've also done emergency rental assistance. And so the emergency rental assistance program has been very, very successful with LA. And LA's numbers, as you can imagine, are large. So LA has distributed just around $4 million to date. And so it's just exciting to see the volumes of money that we've been able to move on behalf of LA, the amount of residents we've been able to help. So we've helped, you know, in LA alone, we've helped well over you know, 10,000 residents, you know, get access to these direct cash assistance. And so it's just really, really made a distance. And so Mayor Garcetti, during his press conference, when we went live September 8th, 2021, he said that this is one of the most proud products that he's launched in his 15 years with working with the state of the city of Los Angeles and the state of California. He was very proud of the Angelino Connect card and what it's doing. And the fact that this card is allowing him to get benefits to his residents and that he's going to make Los Angeles a contactless government city. So, you know, they were dispersing funds on behalf of the water department, you know, somewhere in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And he's like, you know, and they were issuing checks. And he said, these checks is not an efficient way to do this. I want to do this electronically, digitally. I want to be able to track it. And so there's got to be a more efficient way to do this. And so contactless government, you know, is what Mayor Garcetti spoke about in Los Angeles. And hence, that was the birth of the Angelino Connect product. So super excited about that as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think it's one thing that people oftentimes forget about. I grew up in Queens in a very working class immigrant community. And we did, oftentimes, my mom would go to a cashier, or I can't remember exactly what the name of it, where you would literally pay to get the cash from your check, right? We had Mm -hmm. a bank account, but it's just Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. that, it's a routine that a lot of these communities, you know, maybe it's a lack of trust, maybe it's the convenience, because you don't necessarily have a branch close by, but Mm -hmm. these Uh checks, even though they seem like a really great way of 
being able to distribute funds and the other day have additional fees and like costs associated with it that folks who you know may not have gone through that experience don't necessarily build products with that in mind. So that's really awesome that you guys are again able to help with that type of initiative. Like you said, they're oftentimes taking 20, 30% of the person's check that they're cashing for them. And so really it's just not an efficient way. And it's a it's a billion dollar industry, the check cashers. And so that's what we want to disrupt. We want to disrupt that billion dollar industry that's really taking advantage of people because there's a way more efficient and cost-effective way to do it. And it doesn't have to be that. You don't have to take 30% of someone's income because you're you're cashing a paper instrument. Mm -mm. Let's get out of that business and let's be more efficient and more thoughtful and intentional about how we're getting funds to people and getting them the funds that they've worked hard for. It doesn't doesn't have to be the way that it's been. And so that's what we're here to change. That's our mission to change that way of thinking. That's awesome. And, you know, very much along the lines of what we're just talking about, I'd like to take a moment to just talk about your views on the industry and, you know, like you've mentioned, there's clearly a number of players out there who are making a huge profit from this one third of like the U.S. population that you guys are working with and this market that you're trying to disrupt. What have been the biggest challenges in building for the unbanked and the underbanked as far as like the products that you guys have launched as Mochafy and the products that an impact that you're hoping to make? So I would say that, so, you know, what, 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 again, going back to what drew me to MochaFi and, you know, our CEO and founder, Wole Coxum, you know, he was one of the most senior executives at JP Morgan. And in 2016, he had his George Floyd moment at the death of Michael Brown. He was sitting in his office when that happened. And the next day he quit and was like, I have, you know, 20 plus years banking background. And I think that I could be doing more. So along those lines, you know, we felt that there was an opportunity to, help our neighborhoods and help get people banked. And we thought that things like the George Floyd and the Michael Brown, things are happening because people are not, don't have access to financial information, don't have access to the financial ecosystem. They're not a part of it, part of it they're left behind. And why are they left behind? Because of trust. They don't trust banks. They don't trust, you know, someone not from the neighborhood coming in saying, you know, you should do this or you should do that. And also, I think it's also a part, a part of meet people where they are. And so, A lot of the time in these communities, they're afraid to go into the branch. They're fearful of what information is going to be happening in the branch. And so a mobile, but everyone has a cell phone. Everyone has a mobile device and some type of mobile device in their wallet. And so if you're putting information into what they have and what they're using, no matter what type of that, or if they have access to the internet and they can get into the product that way, you are meeting people where they are. And so you're talking their language you're coming into their community and their neighborhood. You're working with the local organization that they may be going to. It might have been, you know, they may have went to an aftercare program at the Urban League or the United Way or the faith-based organization through the churches in their neighborhood. So if that organization is a partner with MochaFi and saying, I have this program, I have these funds that I've been awarded, I want to give you $500 a month for the next six months, that's someone that you trust. They're giving this product to you and it's free money to you. And they're saying, with that, I want you to come in every week, have a conversation with this counselor. You could talk to someone from MochaFi because again, our go-to-market strategy is to work with the community-based organizations because the trust is so key. They don't know who I am. They don't know who my team is, but they know who the faith-based organization that they've been going to for years. So I can have a person on the ground from MochaFi, which we call them community engagement managers. So typically they're on the ground working with the local CBOs. So they'll do an on-site enrollment signup. So they'll be there 
with the community-based organization, someone from Mocafi, talking to them about the app, walking them through the app, helping them sign up for the product, asking any questions, providing physical literature about the app right there on site. So we're able to do that. So the people part of it is important. So the relationships with the community-based organizations, local on the ground, human capital resources from from Mocafi is important to getting the word out and building the trust in the community. So typically, you you know, our community engagement managers live across the country in different areas. They're in these communities. We've got one in Birmingham. We've got one in Atlanta. We've got one in New York City. She's actually from Queens. We have one in Detroit, Michigan. We have one in St. Louis. We've got one in um, Los Angeles. And so they're spread out across the country and they're able to help get the word out with the messaging and the partnering with the local community organizations. That's awesome. And what do you think needs to be done in the next three years to really address the wealth gap in the U.S.? You guys are clearly have an entire product line that's targeting this mission, but you know, what can other players do in order to ensure that this problem is closer to being solved in the next few years? So in October of 2021, Wole and our CEO and founder went on um, went to Capitol Hill and testified on the Hill about the underbanked and the unbanked population and, and inclusion. And so I think more senators are starting to look into that. That's important. It's becoming a part of their mission. So more of that, I think that's important. If we could get more senators and um, Congress people, um, and, and you know, to make this issue top of mind, that's important. I think the fact that, um, you know, Mocafi is building a sustainable business. So when I'm gone, Wole is gone. It's a for-profit business. So it's not a not-for-profit that we have to go out and look for funds and look for people to donate and donation. And there's nothing wrong with that. We just felt that this is a sustainable model, what we're doing, the business that we're building. We feel like there's an opportunity to, again, bring, there's over 50 million people in this country that are unbanked and underbanked. So if we start with the 50 million in this country and then go outside the country, there's many, many use cases for our products. So how can people help? You can again say, listen, I want to make cities across this country more financially inclusive, make them equitable for people, make sure that the information is there and that the data is there and that you're transparent and you're sharing and that you're bringing everyone up. Because the more people that you bring into the financial ecosystem, the more taxpayers you create and the more economies of scale that you can create. And you do that by information sharing with people who don't normally get information shared with them. And there's an opportunity to do that. And there's an opportunity to do that with products that don't have to price gouge them. And so, you know, there are other people that are doing what we're doing. Um, I think what makes Mocafi different, our differentiator, again, is the people aspect and the fact that we believe on on the ground resources as well as that we're a digital and a fintech company. So we have cutting edge fintech tools in our app, but we also have people and the people aspect. And we think that it's a combination of both. The people aspect as well as the technology in the financial services space are important. And so meeting people where they are, going to those neighborhoods, having enrollment events, you know, through the app, we go on site with iPads, whether it's a community college, whether it's a faith-based organ, you know, organization, we can do it either way. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I think a lot of financial services companies, I wouldn't I feel like there's not that many, as many fintechs who are, you know, in the same market, serving the same market that you guys are. They, like you mentioned, the trust factor is just key. And when you try to treat this as as a fintech that's also willing to build relationships, that's where you're really able to be successful with the, the communities that you guys are serving. And I wanted to talk a bit more about you, Christina. 
Um, you know, you've had such an amazing career. You've spent over 20 years of it in uh, financial services. So is it that got you interested in this industry and what's kept you in it for so long? Absolutely. So as you mentioned, I have a 20 plus year corporate banking career, uh, most of it on Wall Street, working at the large, most largest Wall Street banks. And so, you know, I enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I got to work with some great people. I worked at JP Morgan. I worked at Wells Fargo, Bank of America and U.S. Bank. And in these roles, I had a, a number of different roles. So I was a you know corporate underwriter, a commercial banker. I've been on the product side, new product development. I've been on the product sales side. My last role was money movement, payments lead. And so all of these, you know, as I moved around in payments and started doing more things with money movement, that exposed me to the technical side of it, the fintech side of it, and really excited. And so I started getting passionate about the financial technology side of banking and really liked that. And then the fact that you're allowed to bring, you know, products to market faster using financial technology. And so, you know, real-time payments and, you know, pay over time and all these different product suites, you know, I was able to have access to. And so when the opportunity presented itself at Mochafi, I said, you know what, I was looking to go into the payment space and the fintech space. And so this is great. So this brings together my passion because I'm a people person. I've been in sales for a long time. So my people passion, my product passion, my new product development passion, and my need to help people all came together in this role that I currently have with Mochafi. And so I really looked at it as an opportunity to really get dig into the payment space, but also be helpful and intentional of who I'm helping in the payment space. And so I really am excited about that. Like I said, we just get a lot done and we move much quicker. When you have an idea at one of the bigger banks, it has to go to decision panel and it's a PowerPoint and a cost benefit analysis and it's got to go through 60 people and it takes eight months and you get come back. And so, and then you're like, you know, what was the idea again? So, you know, so much time has gone across. And so it's exciting to be able to Think of an idea, think of a solution, tell why it makes sense. And it's, you know, a small amount of people that are looking at it and opining over it for a short amount of time. And so I like the opportunity to be able to move the needle, help people faster, efficiently and get things to market, speed to market in this space and what we're doing. The fact that we're doing guaranteed basic income, emergency rental assistance, all the rental moratoriums in the country have been lifted at this point. So people are in need of funds and families need assistance quickly, within 30 days, we should be able to disperse the funds out to the people who most need it. And so with that in mind, I thought that it was important to be a part of a team that's able to make that happen and make that happen, you know, like I said, efficiently with efficiently with the reporting and share the information and, you know, have a transparent product to what we're doing. And so that's what I love about it. That's what pulled me away from the big banks. I was getting recruited to another bank at the same time, but I started talking to Mogafi and I said, I like their mission. I'm passionate about their mission and it feels good to be able to be using my banking experience for these 20 plus years, helping a population that looks like me, educate a population that looks like me and move the needle for a population that looks like me. So that's my why, why I'm doing this. That's super exciting. And I, I'm, you know, you've only been in for been with Mocafi for a year and I'm super excited to hear, you know, what else you're able to do with this team that you're working with. And what are some trends in fintech that, you know, you find most interesting nowadays outside of like what you guys are building? So I think the trends in fintech is the fact that um, you're able to integrate with multiple applications in one in one source. And so I think the open source banking, being able to do that, 
I think the opportunity to, you know, integrate with international as well as domestic, so cross-border payments is something of interest to me as well in the future. Um, and there have been a few few partners that have approached us about that as well. And I like the fact that our partnership model, so the fact that we have corporate partners, that we have public-private partnerships, I love that. I love the fact that we're able to do federal, state, and local public sector partnerships as well, as well as work with not-for-profits. And so I think that our user model and the opportunity in our fintech space is, again, integration with people thinking outside of the box. And so yesterday, everything was done with peso checks. Refunds were done with paper checks. Tomorrow, a digital asset, so whether it's a cryptocurrency, a token in your phone, a link that expires in five minutes, thinking outside of the box to send payments that way are the future. And we have to embrace it because that is where we're going. And that is, you know, that is the future. And so being a part of the conversation, having a seat at the table now, being a part of the trends, the trending and um, the technology companies that are out there that kind of attend maybe money 2020 is really, there's some really cutting edge and some slick things that are out there. Like I mentioned, our blueprint. So you know, these digital assets within your phone and accessibility to getting instant decisioning to, you know, a loan application and things like that. Those, that's the future. The future is not taking time to underwrite and underwrite a cat, you know, whether or not someone historical had the cash flow. No, let's underwrite the trends of how they are using their funds today. They got a bank account six months ago. They're paying their bills on time. That's a cash flow trend that you can underwrite to put a model and maybe give them a small loan of $1,000 or $1,500. In these communities, small micro loans of $1,500 or $3,000, they change a small business because a lot of people in these communities are running their small business out of their personal account. So they're underbanked because they don't know why they should separate their small business account from their personal checking account. So educating them about the why they should do that and how they should do that and the tools that are out there to help them with facilitating that and then getting access to capital, that's game changing. And again, instant decisioning is something that is very, very cutting edge and interesting to us as well. It's fantastic to hear. Um, and I wish we could keep you here for more time, but unfortunately we can't. Um, <laughs> and we typically end on a personality question. So I'm curious, what is it that you're currently reading? So I'm reading two things, actually. So I'm reading um, Blue Ocean Strategy. So when I rolled, rolled into this position, it made me flex my, instead of my tactical muscle, I really had to tap into my strategic muscle. And so Blue Ocean Strategy is an oldie but a goodie. It's been around for a while, but um, I, you know, someone recommended it to me, so I went and got that. And then I'm also reading The 1619 Project. I love it. I love it. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time, Christina. I greatly appreciate it. And it was it was amazing to learn more about what you and your team at Mochafi are doing and super excited for the impact that you're going to make on this one third of the population that really needs it. So thank you. Thank you, Gabby. Thank you. It was great to be here. I appreciate the time and love the questions. And thank you so much for giving Mochafi the opportunity to talk about our platform and our users and what we're doing in our products. So thank you again. We consider ourselves fortunate to have talked with you today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Wharton FinTech Podcast. If you love our show, please write us a review or engage with us on social media. We greatly appreciate your support and it helps us spread the word to more listeners. If you want more content from our FinTech community, please subscribe to our podcast channel and find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Medium at Wharton FinTech. 
Here you'll access interviews, articles, and much more analyzing all aspects of the industry. As always, a very special thank you to our wonderful editor, Rafael Ostria. Until next time, your host, Gabby.